You're listening to the Flow Roll Podcast. What up, what up? Today we're going to be talking about the concept of doomsday prepping and how essential is doomsday prepping? How much of it should we be doing? And also, we just kind of got out of a doomsday scenario with the pandemic. Having that in the review mirror, what are the findings and what is necessary? I think there's a lot of people who probably over prep. And uh, what are we doing there? What, why are we doing that? We dive into this topic kind of deep with my co-host, Cousin Primo, and not my cousin Dan. I am your host, Edgar Otraves, and you're listening to the Flow Road Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves. Otra vez. That's right. And uh, today on the show, my co-hosts are Cousin Primo. What's up, Cousin? What's up, my brother Primo in the house? That was for Dan. That was for and Dan. That's, that's for Dan. I love it. And, I love it. <laughs> And uh, of course, my other co-host is not my cousin Dan. What's up, Dan? Cabronos, cabrones. How are you? All right, all right. The subject of conversation for today will be doomsday preppers and just the idea of doomsday preppers because there is a show that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I think that's where the topic came up. Is we 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 like bandied about the the topic of that show. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, no, let's just talk about the concept. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. When I watched that show, I was like, "Oh, you know what, man? I think I need, I think I need some of these things. Like, I think I need a bug out bag, right? For sure. I think yeah. I need. Which we all maybe, do. We yeah. We all do. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't need. I don't know that I'd go that far. I don't think we all need a bug out bag, but like, it's not a bad idea, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's not. Well, I mean, let's just put it in, into like actual like let's not let's not okay so here just the concept of doomsday preppers especially uh from uh, from what we've gathered from the show even there are people out there in the world that prepare their for need for a catastrophic event right and and those events can be anything honestly (laughs) there are people who are mm -hmm. more well-rounded and they'll prepare for sure everything but then there are people or, who specifically prep for a particular event that they think is more likely than all the others i think preppers in general maybe get kind of a bad rap and i don't know if it's as big a deal as it is now in 2024 as it was in like 2010 2015 you know i think I feel like the COVID pandemic was probably like a lot of, a a lot of preppers best dream. Like that's what, (laughs) that's what we were getting ready for. It happened. You know what I mean? But, but I think I like, again, I don't know if it's as, as prevalent as it now, as it was, but like right around 2010, uh, probably I feel like 2010 through like 2020, it was just a big, it was a huge phenomenon. What do you think that you was? Just, I don't remember a, a, a reason for it. I don't know what triggered it, but I think this is not coming from a place of like academic knowledge. <laughs> when does yeah. it ever, like none of us this ever is, talk about well, this, right? About yeah. anything from an academic no. standpoint. Oh, I, th- I, mean, I think the only episode where I got really like, knowledgey and academic was the the RRR episode. Like I did homework. (laughs) I did homework for that episode. Yeah, you did. Yeah. But but like no, like I think 
I think like the prepper phenomenon caught hold as, as the like shooting spree phenomenon started to kind of get out of control. Mm. And so you had people who were reacting to that, like, like, Oh my God, the government's going to come and, and take our guns. And so they go down the road of like, well, I'm going to stockpile guns and ammunition. And then you have the outgrowth of, well, if I'm going to be stockpiling guns and ammunition, I may as well prepare for the end of days. You know what mm. I mean? I don't know. That's my, that's kind of my guess is, yeah. is to, to where it came from. But I mean, think about it. We, we live in a world, especially like since the 24 hour news cycle really took hold. So like, again, you go back to like mid two thousands through 2010 and then the 2015 where, where like, you go back to 2000, we, we weren't yet in the 24 hour news cycle. It started to grow at that point, And it started to be like, you can't get away from news about crisis and calamity and, and how bad the world is. And so like you hear enough of that stuff and you can't get away from it enough. I could see where people would go down the road of all well, the apocalypse is coming, better prepare for it. You know? Right. That's, true. that's, that's where I think it comes from. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to like search to see if there's a reason for it. I don't, I don't know if there's anything that may have triggered it, but I mean, maybe, maybe it's something, maybe it's maybe, maybe it was always there. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure it was always there. And then it just kind mm -hmm. of people, more people started to hear about it. More people started to share about being preppers, you know, mm -hmm. and then more and more, like I said, you get more and more, there are more school shootings or mass shootings or disasters or hurricanes or, or, oh my God, the world's falling apart. And that's all you ever hear about or see on the news. Yeah. So, you know, breaks your brain a little bit. Well, I mean, think about it this way, like, like, we had the doomsday happen. The, the yeah, doomsday, we did. The, the doomsday was COVID, like you said. Yeah, and totally. uh, but like we had our doomsday event. It was it For was sure. COVID, but it was right. not exactly how doomsday preppers thought well, it would and, happen. No, and that's the thing. Doom. <laughs> that's where I kind of where I start to get on, on the like maybe thinking prepping is a little bit silly because mm -hmm. dooms doomsday it quote unquote is never ever going to look the way that you think it is yeah you know the the zombie apocalypse isn't going to look like day of the dead you know the like it's always it's it's not going to be what you're expecting no. And so, mm -hmm. like, you can prepare, but really, how well can you prepare? I mean, it, it's going to be whatever. Well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, COVID was weird. Like, that was a weird end of day. <laughs> like, you know, a weird yeah. catastrophic event. Like, that yeah. was that was bizarre and kind of lame. Like, I mean, it's not like the yeah. zombie horde came after us. It was like, uh, just stay home and watch TV all day. Like, and you know, you know, people, it's funny. people were more concerned about about um the toilet paper? toilet paper 
than fucking food. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, and, I'm dude, not, and I'm not gonna lie, because at work everybody was running to buy toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and yeah. then the messed up part is we get a shipment, and everybody's fighting for it. Wow. <laughs> you know, they're like, "What's wrong with it? It's just off." And I go, "What do you mean off? Like the two ply is not set right." Well, fuck it, take it home. Oh. Well, I mean, that was the old. Yeah, just to that clarify, was the only issue with it. Yeah, just to clarify, Primo works uh, for a garbage company, and sometimes they'll throw away perfectly good products, like Primo saying, because it's paper. something's not right. Yeah, yeah, right. So then these guys, it's, so yeah, it's, it's great. I, and that's what I found weird. Is like you're more concerned about wiping your ass than buying food. Yeah, the, the, when yeah. I remember when right. the when it finally hit home right like when it finally became real the day that they sent us home from work and we're like you're mm. working from home now you know what i mean yeah. and i remember <clears throat> like I'm, I'm i wasn't a prepper at the time and i've never really been a prepper there have been times where like i've done some preppery kind of things you know but i've always been with with like the household essentials I've kind of been like the a kind of kanban. Do you know, do you guys mm -hmm. know what that means? What does that no, mean? No, what is it? Okay, it, it's a so it's kind of like when you when you work in a shop or something, or you have like a, a service department, and you have an inventory of of service pieces like nuts and bolts and glue and whatever. Well, kanban is. You know, you always have a minimum amount of inventory. And when you hit like, like in this bin of bolts, there's only two bolts left. That's when you replenish, you know? So like, that's how I kind of run my household. Okay. So, so it's like, I'm, I always have like two weeks of toilet paper on hand, you know what I mean? Mm. Or, or two weeks of cereal or two, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And so I remember when that hit and I was like, on my way home, I'm thinking, I've got plenty of toilet paper at home, but I might as well stop because if what they're saying on the news is true, it might be hard to get in the, like when I run out. And I stopped at three grocery stores on the way home, and there was, there was not a roll of toilet paper to be found. <laughs> but but to and, and like I wasn't freaking out because I was like I've got plenty I was just stopping just in case yeah but, but like to back up what Primo was saying was absolutely ridiculous is not a roll of toilet paper to be found but all the frozen food you could possibly want yeah so it's like mm -hmm. why that's what and, and so like I I did a little bit like go into prepper mode I'm like well I may as well stock up the freezer yeah. because if I'm going home after this and not going to be allowed to leave for a month, sure as shit better have food. Yeah. At least and, you can and, wipe yourself with the chicken. And so it's like, mm. like why It'll be frozen though? <laughs> hey, but you know what? It's, it'll scoop that stuff right out. But anyway, <laughs> like, like, but the, but the point was like, I was just like, what, what is wrong with Americans? Like, like how stupid are you? <laughs> like you're, you're buying 800 rolls of toilet paper, but you're not going to buy a, a frozen lasagna so that you have something to eat three weeks from now when yeah. you can't go grocery shopping at all. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, 
dude like i forgot what it was but it was like um right before somewhere right before they were like okay you're gonna stay home for two weeks like that's the quarantine rule two weeks you're gonna stay home or whatever it was and my wife is like everybody's going nuts over this toilet paper thing right and i'm like what are you talking about this is that's funny it's just internet nonsense don't she's like maybe we should go get toilet paper i'm like when my wife starts saying stuff like that because she's the reasonable one you know, yeah, right. I saw that shit and I get all excited. I'm like, shit, maybe I, get, I should go get toilet paper. Should I get toilet paper? Maybe I shouldn't get toilet paper. I'm going to keep this shit to myself. So my wife doesn't think I'm crazy, you know? And so like, <laughs> so I'm just sitting there quietly having all these crazy thoughts. And then my wife is like, maybe you should go get toilet paper. I'm like, okay. And you're like, you don't have to tell me twice. So I, you know, I go to the store with like, you know, kind of like a half joking attitude, you know, where it's like, uh, it's not, this is not real, right? I'm going to show up to the store. There's going to be plenty of toilet paper and there's going to, and then I'm going to get to laugh at myself. Like, and, no, like gone. Nah, there was, I, I literally showed up and there was like six bags of toilet paper left. Right. Dude. And everything else yeah. has been cleared out. Like, like the old days in Toys R Us. I don't know if you ever visited an old Toys R Us, but like uh-huh. at one point Toys R Us, was just like always ransacked and you would find yeah. open packages of stuff yeah. it was all like, over the place. Like the, the mm-hmm. third week of the month guaranteed that store. There's nothing. It's yeah. gone. It's empty. Yeah. It's like, like a war zone. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're That's, talking about. Yeah. And so it was crazy walking in the, like Jules it had, it had like, like the six bags and everything else it cleared out. But the weird thing was, is like, huh, there's still, plenty of brawny there's still plenty of the paper like towels paper towels well because you can't flush that stuff you can't that flush that. your toilet yeah you know? yeah but i mean if you Clogged really needed to wipe your ass well yeah you yeah. could always go with you know brawny right you know if you had <laughs> to or just make sure you rip it in half and you just use one, one piece of the <laughs> one. <laughs> i'm gonna use i'm gonna use a two ply this is like the two pieces yeah. together We're separate mm-hmm. the plies yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah no dude it was it was, uh, it was it, like man you know what was the most frustrating thing too for me so the boy got strep throat like right at the outset of of mm. that right at the outset of of covid he got strep throat and it was a huge pain to get him in just in to see a doctor mm. and get diagnosed and then and they gave him a like a prescription for for us uh like a cough syrup you yeah know? but in the meanwhile the night before we were able to get an appointment for him the next day but like in the meanwhile he's just miserable i went out to get a bottle of cough syrup. You would not believe how hard it was to find a bottle of cough syrup. Really? I'm not kidding. I went to 12 different stores. Wow. 12, and I finally found a bottle of cough syrup. And I mean, I was so pissed off because it's like, what do you, why are you stockpiling cough syrup? That's not going to help you at all. You know, like yeah. that's not what this is. I used to think about all the time, not anymore. I used to think about all the time, how much medicine, like cough medicine, cold medicine, cough syrup, Alka-Seltzer, all that stuff that people were like, I'm going to stockpile it in case because I need it. Or maybe I can sell it online or something. Yeah. Stockpile all that shit. And how many of the, how much of that shit 
that was stockpiled away in March of 2020 ended up getting thrown away because it expired sitting on a shelf and nobody ever did anything with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, how much of it just went straight to the, not straight, but eventually into the garbage, probably like 80% of it. There's a few things like that though, man. And, but I will say that when I went, when I went to get the toilet paper on in the same visit, I said, I better pick up uh, cold medicine because this is some kind of cold. Right. And like, look, cold medicine. Hey, I yeah. can see the connection there. You want yeah. to pick up a, a thing of, of Tylenol cold and sinus or something, but like cough syrup. Nice. Yeah. Really? That was it. Yeah, know? dude. I had no problem finding any kind of medicine. Every flavor of every kind of thing that you wanted was on the shelf. Oh, yeah. I had yeah. no problem at the store that I went to the jewel, not a single problem picking up the medicine I needed. The only thing I couldn't get, the fucking toilet, toilet paper. Toilet paper. Yeah. And I'm, yeah like, Ameri- I'm thinking like Americans are f- weird, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking like, what is wrong with you motherfuckers? You guys are more worried about fucking wiping your ass and getting sick. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. what is wrong with this world? But um, yeah. Congr- congratulations. You you now have a three month supply of toilet paper, but you can't eat. And if you get sick, you're fucked. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I used to do when I when I this stuff started, I was like, man, I need to get some food. So I said, I thought simple, cans of soup. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I did. But I would go uh, to this day. I still do it. I'll buy three, four cans, and just have it for just have it here, sitting here. Yeah, yeah. Waiting for. I was like, well, at least I have soup. Yeah, I can always say that. You know, you can eat that raw. You can drink that raw. I mean, cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you pop the yeah. top and you just drink it. Yeah, just yeah. drink it. They're like, why are you doing that? And I was like, because if something were to ever happen and we don't have no gas, no light, I could still open this shit and eat it. <laughs> so this, this right here, I think that's like the root of prepperism, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the root of it's, well, it's the, the that's the name prepper. You, you're trying to be prepared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think preppers just take it to an extreme degree something for sure they 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 get it in their head there's a situation that we need to be prepared for and and so you know i'm gonna turn my home into a fortress and i'm gonna stockpile guns and ammunition and dry food and and then like the the people that that take it to a really extreme degree and like i'm gonna um learn how to like farm or like people like I I watched some episodes of doomsday preppers, like people setting up like uh, spirulina algae labs. So like they turn their basement into giant series of, of aquariums where they're growing algae that, that you can use as a food source and a protein source. And and like, like, and, and so like they, they go to this, going to create beyond just stockpiling and, and, and being prepared, like somehow create like a self-sufficient sort of homestead, you know? And it's all really interesting. I find that sense of self-sufficiency mm-hmm. admirable. I admire it except for the fact that it's, it's an illusion. <laughs> like I don't, I don't yeah. think it's, it's really possible. I think it's, I, a, I think I'm right where I right there with you because I think it is a fantasy, right? It's a fantasy for someone to have to like, 
you know, prove how man they are and live off the land and survive and fight off bad guys. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a wild, wild west, you know, yeah, pretty after much. Civilization, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah. And I don't see how on like an indefinite scale, like an indefinite timeline from now on we're self-sufficient. I don't, I don't see that being plausible, you know, because there's certain realities. So I can see prepping for if you live on the Gulf coast somewhere, like on the Gulf coast of the U S I can see being prepared for a hurricane, like prepping, having food and being prepared for, okay, we might have to survive without electricity or running water for like two or three weeks in a worst case scenario. You know, Mm -hmm. I can see prepping for that sort of thing, but this, this concept of prepping to survive the apocalypse well, you can't, I, I don't see how you, how do, how do you make a homestead that's truly indefinitely self-sufficient? How do yeah. you do that? Because at some point you're gonna like, you're going to run out of gasoline. Like if you're running a, a, a maybe you, your idea is you've got a generator, you're running the generator on, on gasoline. Well, Gasoline only lasts for about six months. Like a lot of people don't know this. I know this because I have toys that mm-hmm. I store in my garage, you know, where they don't get use. And and if you just leave the gas in the tank for six months, It'll it separates. Evaporate. It separates and then like half of it evaporates off and then you've just got gunk mm-hmm. and it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. Like it's yeah. no longer mm-hmm. viable, even if you put like stabilizer in it. Diesel, diesel can last for like two years. Okay. So, Hey, two years, but if we're in the apocalypse, nobody's refining diesel. You're not going to be able to refine your own diesel, no matter how self-sufficient you or your homestead are. So like, okay. So six months to two years, your fuel source is gone because it's the apocalypse. Nobody's refining it. So there's no new gas or oil coming around yeah um with what things like bullets right like well if we're talking about the apocalypse and you're going to have your self-sufficient homestead you're gonna, you're probably going to need to defend it because to the point you just made it's going to be like the wild west you know yeah. you're going to have the probably mm-hmm. the most dangerous thing in the apocalypse is other people So you're going to need to be able to defend your homestead. Well, it's the apocalypse. And we just talked about like, unless you have a massive, massive uh, wind farm at your disposal or a massive solar panel array, you're not going to have electricity. And if you do have a generator after six months or two years, you're not going to have electricity because you're going to run out of fuel that's, that's viable. And so you're going to need guns, most likely. You know, what else is there, right? You're going to need guns. Well, even there, you can make your own bullets. A lot of people do. I even used to. I used to when, when I had, I, I had a, a bullet press, you know? Wow, really? Yeah. And the reason is it's a lot cheaper, right? Uh-huh. And you can reuse the brass casings after oh, wow. you've shot. Yeah. You can reuse the brass casings. The way it works is you go out, you buy your, your gunpowder, you buy the, the actual bullets, like the, the, the head of the bullet, 
and you buy the primer that goes in the case and you just basically assemble your own bullets, right? You get a bullet press. Well, even if you go down that route, so like you've probably stockpiled a bunch of ammunition, you have a bunch of guns, you've got your bullet press, so you can continue to make bullets. Well, at some point you're going to run out of casings. Yeah. How, how do you make brass so that you can make casings? You know, at some point you're going to run out of bullets, like the, the actual bullet heads. And if even if you pour your own, like forge your own and cast your own bullets using lead or, or some other metal, like you, you can do that. Eventually you're going to run out of like lead or or whatever you're using no matter how self-sufficient you are like it, it's impossible to truly be completely 100 percent self-sufficient mm. in in the things that you're going to need yeah it's you're going to get to a point where it's just like okay you ran out of the things you and, and now now yeah. either you have to go out and be the the bad guy and hurt other people to right. get the things you need Right. Or you're going to have to figure something else out, right? Well, and, but, and even even there, like at some point, this is the apocalypse we're talking about. So like there's no industry. Nobody's making any more of this stuff. No matter how tough of a survivor you are, at some point, you're not even going to have like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go out on a raid. I'm going to have to find another homestead or find another city yeah. and rob them. Well, eventually right. there's not going to be anything to rob, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Eventually all the stores that you see that are empty with, with food in it that have been yeah. ransacked are going to be completely cleaned out. You're, yeah. you're, eventually you're not even going to find a, a straw spaghetti in like, that place. It doesn't matter how resourceful you are. Mm -hmm. Like un unless you know how to like, just just in terms of like the guns and ammunition front. Well, you can stockpile what you need to keep you keep you going probably for a few years, you know? Yeah. So it's probably reasonable to think you could do that for a few years. Yeah. But eventually you're gonna run out of gunpowder. Do you know how to make new gunpowder? And if you do know how to make gunpowder, where do you get the stuff? Where are you going to find the sulfur and the magnesium and the, and the, like to combine and, and make gunpowder, you know, yeah. like mm -hmm. eventually this stuff is just going it, to, it's going to expire. You're going to run out of it. There's not going to be any replacement for it. I don't know. Like, it's just, uh, and, and maybe that's my misunderstanding. Like maybe the whole point behind the the doomsday prepper phenomenon isn't to just be able to survive indefinitely maybe the point is survive longer than the next guy i think you so know? like maybe maybe there's there is recognition there that like at some point you're going to die but but where that loses me is like, yeah, but why would you want to survive that way anyway? So, so get this. So, um, we can, we can talk about like all the different scenarios of what these preppers get ready for. Cause there's like mm -hmm. solar flares and, you know, uh, yeah. pandemics and, uh, alien invasion, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, one that I saw in particular had to do with cyber attack. Some kind of massive cyber cyber attack that just basically is like an EMT, like an electromagnetic pulse, EMP, I'm sorry, 
uh, that just goes out and just ruins all things electronic, right? And it was weird to me because what this guy was talking about was like, okay, well, this will happen. And it, when and if this happens, we're going to be ready for it. And we got a, we got a school teacher. My wife is a school teacher. She's going to teach the kids and we're going to bring in kids. So like if we find kids or kids want to come to us, they can, they can stay with us and we'll teach them stuff. And then he starts talking about repopulating the earth. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. So he's like, well, we, we need this and this because we got to repopulate the earth. And I'm like, what the fuck did the cyber attack do? Chop people's dicks off? Like what? Like how did right. this, yeah. how did the yeah. cyber attack all of a sudden make like, like, it's not like a Thanos snap where half the people, you know, on oh, the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, but, uh, I mean, well, the truth is a lot of people rely on technology too much. Well, I oh, mean, dude. I'm one of them. I mean, oh, yeah. right. but, but I mean, how I mean, screwed, how screwed would we all be? Like if tomorrow the GPS satellites went offline, dude. Yeah. I'd be well, so I, fucked. I, we, I mm. mean, literally half of, half of America would curl up and die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. You know, I'd probably be one of them. Dude, you know? I love my GPS. I mean, I, I, I well, it does, it does so much more than any of us realize, you mm-hmm. know, it's not just Google maps, you know? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I just don't understand the, the thinking of there. Like, honestly, if the, if all electronics went out, I don't think it would take years to the point that we would have to worry about repopulating the earth for the system to come back up. We, I mean, let's say like some crazy shit happened where we, we even have to replace like cable. Right. So like every, like we have to get a whole new infrastructure in place. Like, I really don't think it would take us long, maybe a couple of years before we get back to where we should be two or three years. Uh, yeah, well, it, and that's again, like who's to say like what, whatever this guy has concocted in his mind of what the cyber attack apocalypse looks like. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's going to look like. No, you know, it's no. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be us having to go outside. The yeah. pandemic mm-hmm. brought us inside the cyber attack pushed us outside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a series called angel uh dark angel dark okay oh, yeah i do remember, do remember that? that yeah yeah okay, yeah and that series there jessica alba right the united states huh jessica alba what? right yeah jessica alba yeah yeah and that's in that scenario the united states was turned into a third world country because of an em yeah emp uh, bar, yeah. Bar, an emp yeah mm-hmm and the United States became a third world country. Wow. And they're trying to get stuff to get to work again, and they couldn't get nothing to work. Well, I mean, th- th- like, think about the implications of like a really thoroughly executed cyber attack, or mm-hmm. like a solar flare, like a solar a solar storm mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that doesn't just interrupt things, like literally wipes out servers, you know. Yeah. But, and if it's thorough enough, if it's bad enough, well, I don't know about you guys, but most of us at this point, if we have any wealth, you know, if we have any money saved, it's gone. It's gone. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't exist anymore, you yep. know? Right. And so like 
cyber attacks like a real scary scenario. It is scary and it's it's worth contemplating around. But like, yeah, I don't know about I don't know what this guy's thinking about repopulating the earth. Yeah, yeah that's that's a little that's a little like that's where it goes off the rails, you know. So okay, so here I, I have to ask. Like let's let's like okay, so then we we were talking before the show and we said that a certain amount of this it might be might be healthy like not healthy but maybe necessary like maybe yeah. a little prepping you know sure. not 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 like oh we're gonna stockpile you know uh two years worth of food so we can repopulate the earth when children walk in you know or whatever whatever weird thing that guy was saying but uh i might have to cut that out because that doesn't sound right but anyway <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah but but like this guy you know i'm just saying like what what do you think would be a, a healthy amount of prepping like what does this prepping like a common sense approach you know i think prepping, like what would that look like especially for me personally especially now on the other end of the pandemic you know i feel like you know what, you know, what's? it's not, I don't even feel like it's prep preppery, you know, I feel like it's just makes sense. You know, maybe it makes sense to have two weeks worth of food in the house. Mm-hmm. Maybe it makes sense to have two weeks worth of toilet paper, you know, <laughs> right. Or a bidet week, or, or, or like, yeah, a bidet. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you, you have, you have two weeks worth of the essentials, mm-hmm. whatever they laundry detergent, you know, um, and probably makes sense to have you know, toothpaste, whatever, you know, probably makes sense to have some sort of prepped. OK, what if I lose power for like three or four days, you know, like what at the very least have a plan, you know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the food from the freezer goes into the coolers and I have ice, you know, in case I need it or something like that. This is stuff that to me doesn't seem too preppery, you know, but or again, like depending on where you live. I And, and so I think, well, just to reel it back a little bit, like I think looking at it from that of like do I have what I need on hand to be okay for like two weeks if something happens, you know, because I feel like over the course of the pandemic, that was probably the realistic horizon of like, like, cause there were a couple of times during the the pandemic where it's like, geez, I can't get anything, you know, but over the, but if you gave it two weeks, Like there was, there was, I don't know about you guys, for me, there was never a point during the pandemic where I wasn't able to find a necessity for more than two weeks at a time. You know, there, there were times where it's like, doesn't matter where I went to order it from or what stores I went into or, or whatever, like I can't find toilet paper, but like give it two weeks and all of a sudden there's the, okay, I found some, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I think that that two week horizon having lived through the pandemic is that that's a pretty safe 
bet just to make as like the baseline of your home. You know, I don't feel like that's going too far prepping. I feel like there are plenty, plenty of places depending on where you live. Like I was saying before, well, if you live on the Gulf coast, makes sense to be prepped for if a hurricane comes. Yeah. You know, or if you live in Chicago or Milwaukee in the winter, it makes sense for being to be prepped for if you get snowed in. Yeah. And, you know, you'll get and, and that's like if you get snowed in, you're going to get snowed in for three, four days tops. Mm-hmm. What do you need in the event of getting snowed in? You know, it's on Netflix. Yeah, for, pretty much. You know, yeah. well, shovel, that scenario you know? happened when I was in Boston. In Boston, we had a when I, when my baby mom was at MIT, we got snowed in to the point where the the doors were covered in snow. Jesus. Okay, yeah, there was no way for us to get out. And we lived on campus. So we, the guys decided, all the guys came, got together and said, hey, in order for us to get any food around here, because the, the campus is not doing anything. They're trying their best to get everybody out. It says, and I stayed in an apartment building, like at the edge of the campus. Yep. We all had to go out there and shovel. And we yeah. did that for two days straight. Jesus. And we, and we only made it to the field. That's how far we were able to go before it started snowing again. And then the campus guys started coming in. They started rolling this out and everything. And they're like, we brought you food. We brought you this. You know, this is this is what you need. This is what you need. Water and food. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're getting, mm-hmm. There's classes that have been canceled. Don't even bother. Yep. Yeah. At that point, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I've never been in a situation where I'm snowed in. I have a kid. And my my girlfriend at the time, we're trying to figure out what are we going to eat. Yeah, yeah, right. And I, I mean, I literally went two days without eating so that they can eat. Yeah, there's there's been a couple of situations where that happened, where it was like, mm-hmm. okay, so we had that big storm in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, a few years back, and yeah, I was like, they we got called off of work. Uh, yeah, in fact, I had to walk home from work because I couldn't get home. Uh, right. there was the transportation, I can't remember what it was exactly, but transportation was nuts. And so I decided to walk home because I was only like four miles away or something from, from work. <laughs> and that was, that was a motherfucker of a walk, man. Yeah. Uh, I, bet. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Cause I mean, the snow was already up to my, sh- to my shins. Yeah. And uh, so, but like, and I didn't have any like actual boots to walk in. So I got home soaked and yeah. then <clears throat> my wife was out of town you know, um, doing a conference and what ended up happening was I ended up staying home. Luckily I had food. I, I, I was able to stay home and just watch Netflix for four days or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, like, like, yeah, uh, that was pretty tame apocalypse. Not, not, not the, the snowpocalypse. Yeah. That people or were. like you remember a couple of years ago we had like, well, we had for like, two winters in a row we had that polar vortex situation mm-hmm. where like for two weeks at a time it was uh, like no exaggeration like 25 below zero outside or oh, 30, yeah. 30 below zero and and it was the kind of thing where like 
my employer at the time was like, just stay home, yeah. you know, don't, don't leave. And uh, the boys school was, was like, well, the pandemic is, is where you got distance learning and you got, you know, uh, virtual mm-hmm. days and whatnot. Schools mm-hmm. didn't do that before the pandemic. And no. so like, like, um, but like they would call off school and, and it was just like, you gotta be prepared for that. Like you, you gotta be ready to deal. If you know, again, just pay attention to where you live, yeah. be prepared for that. But I don't know, like I, I draw the line at some of like, I mean, I have gone down some, some preppy rabbit holes in the past, you know? Yeah. I, there, there was a time where I had like an arsenal in my house, you know, (laughs) and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was, it wasn't, it wasn't like prepper. It was just more like, more more like Rambo. No, I'll say like, there are certain parts of my personality that get to kind of be like OCD a little bit, Uh you know? And so there, there was like, well, I like to go to the, I like to go to the range this frequently. And so like, I brought up the concept of Kanban before, you know? And so, so it's like, every time I go to the range, I end up shooting about 500 rounds. So that means I always, I always want to have a minimum of 500 rounds on hand for each of the guns in the arsenal so that I can just go to the, go to the range whenever I want to, you know? Uh, Well, then then it turned into like, you know, I really should have like 2000, (laughs) you know? And, and so like, there was a point, there was a point where like, I'm not, I'm not making this up. And, and it wasn't like prepping. It was just for some reason, I felt like it was responsible to have this on hand, you know? Wow. Really? Like, like at some point, and there was a point at which I had eight firearms and, and not a single one of those firearms had less than 500 rounds on hand, Wow, you know? And, and it was just like, I'm ready, you know, <laughs> I'm ready for whatever, but, but then, but then it turned into like, I'm ready for what? I really don't know. I really don't know what I'm ready for. <laughs> well, you see, I think the other issue too is. Well, and then like- I even had like, like, like I have a bow, you know, like a, like yeah. a compound hunting bow with, with arrows. And the idea behind that was, well, I went shooting bow and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough where I'm like, I'm going to pick this up as a hobby and I'm going to get myself a bow. But then it evolved into, well, see, this is the backup in case something happens with the guns or I run out of bullets. I have the bow, you know, <laughs> but again, Not like, that, like that it was just 5,000 arrows of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, that's, that's the beautiful thing about of arrows. arrows. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about arrows is you fire an arrow, you can just go and get it and yeah. you, you get it back, you know, yeah. like if you can reuse it. Got to run and go get it. What if you're trying to fight off a horde of people, man? You got all these people you got to fight off. The army came well, to your door. You're going to well, like shoot an arrow, then go up to the guy that you stabbed them. Do you stab well, the arrow and then pull it out and shoot it again? Like, this line of thought, dude, is eventually <laughs> what kind of led me down the why the what is wrong with you? 
path <laughs> because because it, it's like you you start thinking about it like if somebody showed up at the if the army showed up at the door mm. really re what i'm gonna hold off the army you know it's I'm, gonna be hard man they got tanks you know, and helicopters and airplanes i'm i'm gonna hold off the police no i'm gonna lose that fight yeah and also I wouldn't fight that fight. I would mm. never fight that fight. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like no. if, if, yeah. if the police showed up at my house and they were like, like my house was surrounded and I had like dozens of firearms pointed at me, it would be like, yes, please take my firearms. I take them away. I don't need them, yeah. you know? Right. Like, I, I, but so, so anyway, <laughs> like it, it was weird. It was, it wasn't like a prepper situation. It was just like, for some reason, it's like, like I need, okay, now I'm prepared, you know, like, like mm. I've got, I've got enough. I'll be okay if the worst happens, but like what, I don't know what the worst is, you know? <laughs> right. Well, and so, so then, okay. So then are you saying you're saying two weeks of food is good. Uh, 500 rounds of, of bullets for several guns not a great idea not necessary in any in any shape way shape or form and mm. like here's here's another like i i re really 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 reassessed my my stand my my personal standpoint on like firearms right Mm -hmm. uh at, at a certain point just because it's like this is fucking ridiculous you know mm -hmm. like at no point at no point am i ever going to use any of these firearms anywhere other than a shooting range like it's yeah. just not mm -hmm. ever gonna happen you know and, and you know what like i don't have a problem with a person owning a gun if they're going to be real about it and say, well, you know, I like this and I like going to shoot it at the range. And I think I'm going to, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good marksman and that's cool. But if you're, if you're in your head saying I have this gun for the day, the bad guys show up at my doorstep, you know, if I'm like, come on, man. Well, well, right. and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to judge, uh, you know, I am. Look, I'm going to judge. If, <laughs> if, if having a gun, if owning a gun makes you feel more secure or more prepared, mm -hmm. you know, as long as, as long as you're going to do your due diligence and go take a gun safety course and make sure you're comfortable with that gun and you're not, and you're going to store it safely and, and you're just going to be responsible with it. Then, you know what more power to you whatever uh, yeah. but but like I, I will say and i don't mean this in a passing judgment sort of way i just mean it in a boy have i spent a lot of time thinking about this sort of way i don't see how a gun is going to make you is actually going to end up making you safer if you're not like training with it in a combat simulation situation regularly. And yeah. I mean, regularly, like once a month or more, you know, if you're, if you're not once a month going through like quick draw drills and, and active shooter drills and, and that sort of thing, 
Well, when an emergency situation happens, you're not going to know how to react. You've not practiced. You haven't, you don't haven't drilled the muscle memory into your body. You know what I mean? Like you don't, there's, there's something interesting about what you're talking about with the, um, the, the, uh, like the attack situation where you're not, if you're not training there, I've seen simulations where they, they go through this and then you're, you go, you go through this through these corridors, whatnot, and then people jump out at you and you have to be ready. And yeah. whatnot. There are certain scenarios that no matter what you do, you're going to lose. Like well, dude. I've seen it. I've seen it. Like they like, they even know someone is going to jump out at them. Yeah. And they can't get, they can't stop from getting shot. Well, like there's most, nothing they most can do. Police, most police forces. Like if you're an active duty police and look, I say most, because every police force is different. They have different rules, whatever. But if you're going to be an active duty police officer, most police forces require you to have a minimum amount of training hours every year in that sort, like, like you're not just going to the shooting range and doing target practice. Like you're going through like simulation drills of, of situations. And even police officers who do this on a monthly basis, sometimes more than monthly basis, even then they don't get it right. A hundred percent of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, so like what makes you think what Mr. Concealed carry owner or like Mr. Home defense and this coming from a guy who really believed some of this shit. Like I just discussed, you know, I had my arsenal, right? What what makes you think that when the shit happens, you're going to know how to react if all you're doing is going to the shooting range every couple of weeks and never, ever, ever putting yourself through a real, like, like simulation drill, you know? If you're, if you've never done it, if all you've ever done is get your concealed carry license and do the the 12 hours of or 18 hours of coursework and and so many hours of range time well you've only done that once you know you did that once in order to get your concealed carry congratulations what are you doing to keep those skills fresh and if you're not keeping the skills fresh you're fucked so like let's just put it this way uh have you ever been Caught by surprise by someone jumping out on you and scaring the shit out of you. Like you walk down the hallway and they go boo. Right. And they just caught you by surprise. Well, imagine that. Like, I'm sure it's happened to me. My kids have done it willingly and like uh, intentionally and unintentionally. If that happens to you and all you do is, "Ah," you know, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah, that that is a perfect example of someone getting the drop on you and then shooting you. Yeah, because what you did instead was go, oh, shit, and holy cloud and put your hands up or whatever, or jump back or fall on the floor, whatever you did, whatever you did. If it wasn't like a ninja move where you like, you know, tuck and roll and did all this other crazy shit, if it wasn't anything like that, if that's not your instinct, you are dead. You're dead. Right. No. And, I mean, and you can't, you can't train. 
Just like we were saying, like you can't prep for every doomsday scenario. Nope. You can't train for every kind of response. You know, mm. you can't train. You you just can't be trained for and be prepared for any kind of emergency scenario or or, or somebody's going to attack you or, or whatever. You know. So and, and so, uh, like I, we're getting bogged down in this, but it's just yeah. it's just this concept of. Hey, you know what? I have, I, uh, I honestly have been a gun owner in the past, uh, concealed carry holder, you know, not that I've ever actually carried, but I had the little card, you know, because it was important to me to get it. And the end result is like just sitting down and doing the thinking about it. Like there's, it's all about like, it makes me feel safer, but it doesn't actually make me safer. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mm -hmm. mean. But like, so then what do you, th okay. So we're saying just in general. Okay. So in the prepper bag or the amount of prepping that we should do two weeks, two weeks worth of food, which I totally agree with uh, toilet paper, perhaps, or maybe a bidet, <laughs> you know, um, we're talking about, Maybe a gun, no gun. What do you feel about that? You just you just went on a rant Dude, about gun, no in, gun. In all, in all, like I don't really care. Up to up to whoever you are, <laughs> yeah. I, you know. Look, it, I, a gun could definitely come in handy. Could also just be an extra fifteen pounds of bullshit you don't need to be carrying around with you. Yeah. You know because like like an average handgun like a nine millimeter handgun that has a 15 or 17 round clip well that weighs like four or five pounds you know that's not inconsequential yeah weight if you're carrying things and you're surviving off your back and on your feet like weight matters yeah it does so then uh primo what do you think we should throw into this into this mix what else should Question. we the one thing you should put in there's a solar battery. Oh, heck yeah. That's not a bad yeah, idea. Let me, let me give you an example. I have my own prep bag. Oh, shit. Oh, here we are. Oh, shit. Okay. It's a little guy, too. It's a little guy. How much, does, it, how much I, does that weigh? This? Hmm, 15 pounds. Okay. Okay. Okay, I have my little tool kit, wrench, and screwdriver kit. Uh-huh. Okay. A little flashlight that runs off of solar power. Okay. okay. My battery. Okay. With a solar panel in the back. Okay. To charge it. Lasts me 16 hours. Nice. On one charge. Nice. Okay. <laughs> How long does it, it take for that for that thing to charge via soul uh, you via can the let, sun? You can let it charge. For at least three hours in the sun, mm. so you can actually hang it off your bag. Yeah, so it that it's, it's charging. Yeah, right. That's a that's so, brilliant. Yeah, right. Not only that, it has plugs to charge whatever it is you need in the back. Flashlight. Nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also charges the new phones. <laughs> oh, look at that! It's got a little magnetic uh, connection right. for for your iPhone. It's waterproof, and it can survive a fall. From I actually tested it out. I actually threw it off the building at work. <laughs> I got something right. new. I'm going to throw it out the window. 
right. Well, I didn't throw it out the window. I actually went on the roof and threw it off. Oh, okay. My really? bad. Okay, oh, uh, two stories yeah, more. And this is this is the transfer station, not the the building. So, okay, that had it working. This is the transfer I'm building. I'm going to correct you, Primo. It huh? survived for now. You don't know <laughs> when it's going to fail. Is, is right. the situation right. so, you've created? I've had this for three years so. now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Three years three years years. Yeah. yeah. And I have what the basics: a knife, yeah, a fire starter kit. You know, mm. yeah. Oh, this but, is then, like because this is kind of an outgrowth of the prepper phenomenon. As you see, right. you see it on Facebook, and, and like you'll see TikToks about it. Mm-hmm. About uh, people call it EDC, everyday carry, everyday carry. Yeah. That's right, right. And then I have uh, me being stupid. Okay, instead of buying a practical fucking knife, I buy a fucking fantasy knife with a little mini axe to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I love it. I love okay. it. But I mean I have my my fire my fire kit to start yep. fires. It also sharpens knives, breaks glass, whatever else yep. I need to cut, like rope. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all in here. So I mean this is, and this is just for work. When I used to work in the yard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then also I have like um masks. So I can uh-huh. wear masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, the scarf I have in here as well, gloves, whatever I need. Hmm. But yes, this is a little prepper bag. Okay. Yep. I even have a, a box cutter just in case. Yeah. You know, everything's in here. And yeah. I used to stash my medicine in here too because this bag was waterproof. Oh, yep. Oh, and you know, like I, I have my like carry kit when I go on like a motorcycle trip, if I'm, if I'm going on a multi-day motorcycle trip, there is a a specific kit of goods that it's like, okay, this is coming with me because, you know, like I got, I got a tire inflator that runs off of the the battery of the bike, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I've got uh, extra spark plug, you know, I've got a specific tool kit that is for the bike. Like for if I, you know, tools that are specific to like, if I need to change the spark plug, if something happens and I need to take off the valve head, if I need to remove the gas tank, if I need to patch a tire, if I need to remove a tire or remove a wheel, like I've got that tool kit, you know, um, I've got, uh, I, I have a little, it's not as cool as yours, but I do have a solar, uh, like a USB battery charger. So it's just, a, it's mm-hmm. a solar panel that has a USB output so I can plug it like as long, like I can just change that US, like I have, I have one of these kits too, where it's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, multiple, multiple, multiple jacks. Multiple different jacks yeah. for, you know, uh, you can. You can convert a USB-C to a USB or a lightning to a USB-C or whatever, you know, and it's just a, a solar panel. You can leave out, plug it into your battery powered devices and it'll charge your battery powered devices, you know, and and, and yeah. And like a, a knife, uh, like a but but usually just to keep things to a minimum when I'm because, again, weight and space. It's a big deal when you're riding a motorcycle. So like, instead of having like a pocket knife, I've got like a, 
like a Gerber multi-tool, you know, Ah, right. And, and it's just, you know, these are the things that you put together Mm -hmm. for, look, if I get trapped, uh, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm, cause I'll do like adventure rides where I go off road, you, you know, overnight and do some camping. Like, well, if I'm in a situation where I got to walk 30 miles out because something happens to the bike, I want to, I want to be prepared for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so like my everyday carry bag, very similar to what you guys are talking about. I have a battery uh it's not it's an old one it's not it wasn't charging very very well for a while which is why i asked you because mine's i'll leave it out in the sun for days and it will never fully charge i think it's just not working as it as it should so i probably need to replace that but like i had that i had a tablet uh i'll carry some food um water usually coffee um i i had this multi-tool that was a card that I could have in my oh. wallet, but like yeah, you take yeah. this multi-tool out and it had a screwdriver, it had everything in it, but it was a yeah. car. I used to, I used to have one of those and I lost yeah, so it. I. I lost it I too. Yeah. The one that turns into a knife. You ever seen that one? It turns into a yeah, knife. It, it, like mine it folds. Yeah. Yeah. It folds up and has a knife to it. Yeah. This I like see mine. That looks cool. Out. And and mine had like, mm, what's that? No, I don't know what, what okay, is that? This, is, this I had to make. They show you how to make it. I bought the kit. This is a paracord bracelet. Oh yeah. This is ten yards. This is oh. ten feet long. And you got you got a you got a bottle opener woven in there. Bottle opener and a compass. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So this Benny. is in my bag too for this. I also have one with a knife on it. Oh. So it's like when okay. you pull it when you pull this off like this, the knife is here. Yeah. Yeah. And the paracord is it's actually another ten feet long. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, right. So it's like, you have to learn how to, I, it took me like forever to make this damn thing. I was like, I bought the book, I bought the, the, the string, everything. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna learn how to make this. Learn how to do it. It came, it flopped on me like a couple, the first six times I put it together. Oh, and yeah. I finally figured it out how to do it. And then I made one for myself and I made one for my, and um, I made one for my daughter, but I haven't given it to her yet. Okay. So just like she's into knives like me. So. Yeah. So, so like, like, okay, I might have to give one. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Like, um, I would, I would carry. You see, that that that's something I don't have. I don't have like any, any other paracord no. stuff. I didn't carry a, a bottle opener. I did carry a knife, but mm-hmm. I got squeamish for a while because I was like, man, you know, it's still legal. It was legal for well, Illinois yeah, to carry. That's, you got well, Illinois, like Illinois, and and Chicago. Yeah, like Illinois, you can carry whatever the heck you want chicago's cook county specifically mm-hmm. has very specific laws about the kind of knife that you can carry i believe it's two inches and 70 uh 2.75 inches but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah. i think that's what it was yeah and that's a chicago specific thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a very very small knife um but like even that knife uh should be enough to ward off an attacker you know, oh, like yeah. if, if used appropriately, um, I did have for a while, I carried um, uh, like a knife ring. It was basically a, you put it in your hand and it's just mm-hmm. a tiny little spike. It's a ring yep. with a spike on the inside and that spike, you can, it's razor sharp. You could like, you can go ahead and like, if you're fighting, this is okay. So I'm one of these guys, right? I'm one of these dummies. Mm-hmm. So like I had 
I, I had weapons with me when I was on the freaking bus. So like, but they were all small weapons and something I can use, but I had, mm-hmm. I had that ring finger knife. I had another, I had a couple of knives on me. And then another thing that I carry was, um, was a pen that was like a self-defense pen. And yeah. it was, mm-hmm. it was all one metal piece, but even looking at it, I was like, I could probably stab someone or, yeah, you know, uh, hit blades or something with somebody with this, and then it's done. Like I'll hit it once, yeah. and then it's done, right? Um, yeah. But the yeah. ring finger knife thing was like so that if I'm in combat, because you know, I'm in combat, uh, somebody throws a, a punch or something, I can slap the punch and cut them with the with the hand that I have. Man, I feel like a freaking moron as I'm explaining. Oh, no, like, it's funny. Yeah. No, but and yeah. It, like. Yeah, one of those. I had one of those. Yeah, that's and that's, that's a, like a pen uh, weapon. A pen, flashlight, like a, screwdriver, like Kubo time kind of thing. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's what's like? Hey, dude, if it made you feel more secure and safer to have yeah. those things, then yeah. then good for you, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but the the reality is like, hey. It's the same thing. Like, unless you're training with that shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. When when it comes time to need it, you're not going to know what to do. You know. True. Well, True. I mean, the other thing too is like, I was like, I, I forgot. You know, and I'm a grown man, right? Let's let's put that in perspective. <laughs> I was walking around with a little <laughs> ring knife finger. Yeah. You know, in, in the morning in downtown Chicago when I would have to like commute to work. So like yeah. a grown ass man in his forties walking around with ring knives. I, I I did it like maybe once or twice and then I was like, okay, this is stupid. And because yeah. only because yeah. only because it's like, okay, so I'm walking around with a ring knife. Like what are, like like how dangerous is Chicago? It's not that dangerous. Like as well, much as that, people yeah. like to say like no, to say people well it it that's because it we serves, grew up in Chicago. Say what? It serves a narrative, man. We grew man. up in Chicago. Yeah, we know up- the dangers, and we and we can walk around people getting mugged and not give two shits about it. Yeah, you know. But well, let's say, okay, let's take one of my friends. She lives. She's always lived in the suburbs. She's dreadfully affair, afraid to come to Chicago. Mm. And she, I go, why are you scared of Chicago? Oh, there's muggings, there's killings, there's raping. Yeah. So, I was like, girl, that's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. everywhere. It's the everywhere. You hear he... you you hear about it because Chicago's a big city. Exactly. And and it's you know, it's it all gets blown way out of proportion because exactly. the, you know it it serves people to make sure that, that you're afraid and you're angry. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But like so, the the reality is Chicago is no not any more or less dangerous than any other big American city. I forgot. Exactly. I forgot what the statistics were, but like, I, I believe New York is number one. And Chicago and New York's is not, always going to be number one. It's always going to be. It's a giant city. There's so many people packed on top of each other. It's yeah. not going to mm-hmm. compare. Like, like they keep saying that Chicago has all this crime, uh, gun violence. That is not fucking true. I mean, yes, there's gun violence. Well, no, like, Don't get me like, wrong. It's true that there's but, a lot of gun violence in yeah, Chicago, but, but it's we're not, not like we're not the it, worst yeah. city. Not, we're not, not the best. We're not the best at at, yeah. at being safe, and uh, it's not a nonstop. It's not like 
like Beirut in the 1980s. You know, yeah, it's no. not it, crazy town. No, no, not at all. And it's then just that, you, you hear about it all the time because, and again, like not to get political, but you hear about it all the time because Fox News wants you to know how bad those Democrat run cities are, you know? Mm. And <laughs> yeah. So oh, let me show you this one little thing I bought. What are you would you get? Here? Yeah. This is a waterproof lighter. Oh, shit. You know when? what I always have? Okay. I, I got it. That's awesome. Oh, it's got a taser on it, too. Oh, it's got that's a taser. You, yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. up, and it's also a taser. It's enough to, it's a, not, you charge it like a regular lighter. Okay. It's enough to give the person a shock to back off. Uh. Nothing, nothing too, nothing too vital. Nothing that's going to like, oh, it's going to do goes into a fucking seizure. Uh-huh. It's just enough. To burn through his clothes mm. and give him a shock of his life, mm. just enough for him to pull away. I would like for the guy to pee himself in the process. Does it make him pee himself? I don't know. That it depends on where you put it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I want to put it anywhere. Where he's gonna pee. <laughs> but I mean, it, it charges. And it lasts. So far, the last time I charged it was three months ago. That's badass. Yeah. Oh. Um, I got oh, one you guys, you guys want to see you guys want to see the coolest lighter you've ever seen? Oh, it's a butane torch. <laughs> well, oh, all right, here. Here, check it out. Got a little Ooh, it's a little, oh, so little, little 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 dragon. Little dragon. The, yeah. This front used to flash, but like the battery dead is dead. Mm-hmm. But so like little dragon. Got Big the wow. jet, right? Got the jet. Mm-hmm. What happens when you turn the jet off? Nice. <laughs> that nice. is so badass. That is the best fucking uh, <laughs> lighter I've ever seen, dude. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I was uh-huh. really impressed with yours, Primo. No, but no, fucking, no. It, does, it well. doesn't have a taser built into it, though. No, but I mean, you can if you wanted to set that dude on fire. <laughs> oh, but, but like that, uh, uh, like set your ass on fire. <laughs> good old, good old fashioned Bic lighter. Mm-hmm. That's always in my like. I always like. I have one in my car. Mm-hmm. I I I have one in my bag. Like I always have one on me because, mm-hmm. and that's a Boy Scout thing. That that like goes back to when I was in the Boy Scouts. Like, like always have, always, always, always have the ability to make a fire if you need it you know yeah. right fire I, I fire is important it's basic for, you know? i bought one just specifically for my cigars mm. oh yeah i got one of those too i got <laughs> i got i'm gonna go have a cigar tonight actually uh, after, after we're done here i'm going to the cigar bar nice yep. i'm gonna get my fuente on wow Ooh. uh but uh well, anyway, um, I feel like we're way, way the heck off track. Well, okay. So we're getting ready we? for the smoke for the prep. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> oh, so, no, that's, I was going to, cause you were talking about knives and you had your knife ring. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, that's how we got onto the, the, the lighter that's got a taser on it. <laughs> I always, I always had, used to carry a pocket knife. I always had a pocket knife and it, it was not, mm-hmm. there was another boy scout thing. So like, 
in the Boy Scouts, there's like a a standard kit of goods that you're always supposed to have on you. Right. You know, like it, it's like you always have matches. You always have a pocket knife. You always have a comb. Like there's a list. There's a checklist yeah. and like and, fishing cord, fishing cord, yeah, and, you know, or, or something like, and, mm-hmm. and it's like the equivalent of everyday carry, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the thing that always stuck with me was fire and, and a knife. And the knife it, for me was never like a self-defense thing. It was always just, no, knife comes in handy all the time. Like, like it's a tool you can do. You can accomplish a lot with a pocket knife, you know, mm-hmm. and and that became a problem. So when I started traveling a lot for work, I just forgot about that. It, it's like muscle memory. You just put the pocket knife in the pocket and then you get mm-hmm. to the airport and you go through security and it's like, holy fuck, I'm not a terrorist. I promise. Oh, I'm not, Jesus. And, like I, I lost like three or four pocket knives in like a month oh. just because it, just because it's like, you're going through security. It's like, take it, take it. I don't ever want to see it again. Take it away. <laughs> Can you put that you in know? your, in your, like uh, the bag you check if in? I, but I never check a bag. I only ever um. the kind of traveling. Cause it was, I was traveling for work, you know? Mm. And so it was only like ever like overnight or two nights, you know, mm. but like, I'm traveling for work. I'm here on the company's dime. I'm not getting in any trouble. Like I like you keep, you can keep that pocket knife. I never, ever want to see it again, but it was, you know, it, it took, it took a while for me to break myself of that habit of always putting a pocket knife in my pocket. But I mean, that's, I guess that's, that's, you know, the everyday carry, right. That's kind of being prepared. It's part of prepping. And Again, like a pocket knife. Hey, man, that's it's a it's a good tool. It's a it's a it's a handy tool to have. Mm. Yeah, I went through that scenario when I would go to my conventions. Like, just memory, take a knife with me, always in my pocket. Yep, I had to throw them away at the front at the door. I used to hate that. Yeah. So a buddy of mine got me this. It's a key. Uh huh. With a knife. Oh, oh, hey. Does that pass security and stuff? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do it out of deception. I just, just, just to have it on me. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, don't, you're, you're not trying to take over a building or anything. You're just, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it off the building with this little thing. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, what I'm I know saying. It's a, like, I, know a, I know it's a or, sog, but hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait you a could, minute, you yeah. could get one of these, right? This okay. is a K bar survival Ooh. spork. Oh, I have one. I have and, one. And check this out. Maniacs. Check this out. That, I take that for lunch. What's the, what's what the best? Lunch. What's the best part about the K bar survival spork that is made out of super secret and highly advanced polycarbonate, whatever, you know? <laughs> oh, the handle comes out and you and have a knife. knife. And the mm-hmm. knife is not metal. It's polycarbonate, which means you can get through security with this. You know, though, like those polycarbonate knives, how strong are they, though? Can you can you continuously? Oh, I don't think you could continuously forever, like stab somebody a million times with it. But like you could you could stab someone in the throat and it would be just fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's enough to get through a rib cage. Yeah. Not that I would know. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know any. I don't know. No. Yeah. Oh, like suffice to say, right? For all this talk about like guns and arsenals and pocket knives. I've been in plenty of fist fights in my life. I have mm-hmm. never, ever, ever in my life used any kind of weapon against another person ever. Thank God. You know? Yeah. Like I've never needed to. Yeah. And that situation has never presented it to me. And, and there's something to be said for, well, wouldn't you want to be prepared just in case? Yeah. But like I've made it 45 years and I've never, ever needed that to be. Like 45 years is a pretty long time. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like that indicates that whatever remaining decades I have in my life are probably going to go pretty similarly, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Primo and I lived in some pretty rough neighborhoods, Primo more so than I, and we made it fine without weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some pretty good scares here and there, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, I mean, I've gone to plenty of fights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like oh. the high school that was you know how you know how that school was Edgar. yeah, yeah that, new, that school was on that school was on the news almost every day one every of day. the worst fight, fight, fight. yeah one of the worst schools in in chicago mm-hmm. and i but, survived uh, graduated i'm not gonna say i'm i mean i'm grateful i even made it that far yeah you yeah. know I mean, but there was a scenario where i got <gasps> super scared because i did something very very stupid I mean, what you, you do? You're fighting. You don't really think. Your your act is to survive. You know, when someone tries to grab you, I'm not gonna lie. I grabbed the guy and slammed him on the ground, head first, Oof. on a marble floor. And I, I'm not gonna lie to you. That was one of the worst scares I ever had. Oh sure. Thinking I, yeah. I killed this guy. Yeah, you're thinking you just killed somebody, and there goes the rest right. of your life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and I mean, I was at the point where they were like, hey, man, you, you did some damage. I'm like, well, fuck, you, you know, when it's you against somebody else and it's not just you against one person, it's you against five other people. And you're just you had nothing to do with it. You're just trying to you're just trying to get out of this. You're just trying to get out of there just because of the color of your skin. OK, so hell yeah, I'm going to do what I have to do to get out of there. You know, but man, you, I'm not even gonna lie to you, dude. I was shaking for days. Jesus. I bet. I bet. I mean, I was like, never, never had I had to put myself in a position like that. But when I when that guy got me, and I see two other guys coming at me, sure enough, I'm gonna get rid of the guy who's on top of me. Yeah. And the worst thing, and the thing I did was grab him from his waist and just slammed him in the back of his head. Jesus. Just just grab them. Boom. Get out of my way. I'm ready. Who's next? And sometimes that's that. enough to like scare the shit out of the other people. Exactly. Well, that's exactly that's what happens. Because if you hear that on the ground. I feel like that might be a way that the world's changed a little bit, right? I always mm-hmm. that was always kind of my guiding principle is um I like I was not big on fighting i didn't like fighting i didn't want to get in fights you know i it it, it, but like the fights would find me you know Mm -hmm. because i was a nerd i was easy to pick on you know and like one of my guiding principles was always like respond fast respond furiously and like the the moment and in my experience 
it was all, it has always been a matter of if you respond hard, you know, like if you, you respond with something huge right away, the immediate reaction is like, I don't want any more of this. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like that's a way the world has changed though. I have a, I feel like anymore that's probably not as powerful of a tool. Like people are probably more likely to fight back against like now it's a competition, you know, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've seen plenty of uh, like Twitter videos where like one guy takes one guy out and the other guy jumps in. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like a fucking, like, yeah. uh, you know, some kind of race, you know, like some kind of relay race. Like what, what's, you know, let, the guy just finished the one guy. You're going to jump in and fight him now. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, and then there's like the whole mob thing too, where it's like one guy versus many. It's, yeah. it's like, I mean, there seems to be a lot of these well, kind of videos. A, I haven't seen necessarily videos like that, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, th- that's every Jet Li movie ever. That's every Donnie Yen movie ever, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they do it so much nicer. I mean, that shit looks nice, right? It's choreographed well, but and whatnot. But, but I would argue that that's why I'm not trying to blame TV or movies, but like... Mm. That's that's why this shit exists is because people get used to this idea of like the nonstop, you know, we're going to fight every guy in the in the universe kind of thing from from TV and movies. And and like they start applying that shit to the real world, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's, a, it's a fantasy, right? Just no, it's it's all a fantasy. All yeah. a, and that, that brings us full circle, like the a lot of the way and i'm sure this tv show i'm sure the doomsday preppers tv show like goes out of there went because it's it's gone it was on for four seasons 2010 to 2014 but mm-hmm. like i'm sure they went out of their way to find the most ludicrous possible people you know <laughs> I remember one episode in particular is this guy. And I actually thought that I thought he was, he was pretty good. You know, his idea, he, he had a boat, like a big boat. Wow. That, uh, that, that he put like, it, it had diesel engines and then it had backup uh, it had a, a backup emergency gas engine. And then he actually had, sales built onto it so that like if it gets to the point where there's no gas or no no diesel to be found you know you just run the sales up and now we're wind powered but it's like but i mean that's not great because the boat weighs so much you know like you're not you you're not going to get a lot of speed from the wind but hey at least you got the sails but no you had like a desalination plant on the on the boat and they had a kitchen and they had like living quarters for everybody so like the desalination plant you're never going to run out of water you just take water out of the ocean and desalinate it what do you eat well we'll catch fish and we'll harvest algae and kelp from the ocean and, and whatnot but then like you start picking it apart and it's like, right. You need electricity for the desalination plant to work. 
Oh, wow. And eventually that's like, even if you have solar cells, like at some point they're going to wear out and you're not going to be able to fix them because you're at sea, you know, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't have a, any kind of resupply lines, you know? And, and like, so you like the concept at first, I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. And I think it's pretty sustainable probably for a good long time. But then, yeah, like you start picking it apart and it's like, yeah, that can't last forever. You know, well, there was the fear of the walking dead, right? Where in the, oh, uh, don't get me started on that. Oh, the walking dead is just <laughs> awesome. Right. But like, that is just a fucking fantasy, the whole thing of it. But like the on the fear of the walking dead, I believe at the end of the first season, cause that's where I stopped watching. They, uh, I think in the second season, they get on a boat. So they end in the cliffhanger yeah. where they get onto a boat on, off the first season and then in the second season, I guess they all navigate around on a blip on a boat, right? And then as as it's proven, like I guess uh, I, I shouldn't say proven, but like what happens in these shows, like well, The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead, and all, all these people they come up with these ideas of how they're going yeah. to survive this apocalypse yeah. or this scenario, well, and it every and it, dude and never lasts. And there, here's a trope. It's in every post-apocalyptic TV show. Uh, what was the one that came out last year? The Last of Us. Oh, The Last of Us yeah. with oh, the yeah, fungus yeah. zombies. Which, look, I I really liked that show. I like it. I, too. Really, I really did. It, it's a fun watch. But in the very very first episode, it's like, what that that's supposed to be like fifteen years after 15 or 20 years after the apocalypse like after the disease took over and society collapsed right um, yeah and, it was. yeah it's it's like 15 it's it's 15 or 20 years like it's it's been a long time people okay. like and in the first first episode like they're out there they're scavenging they find a truck and they just they start it up it just starts and it's like the truck's got 15 year old gas in it. If it's got gas at all. No, it's not gonna just start. <laughs> oh, I, and like, I just, there's certain, like it's super dumb and super nerdy on my end to be taking it so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, because, because I know like, well, the truck needs to start in order to move the plot forward. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I can't, I have such a hard time getting past that. It's such a lazy thing. Like, no, you're not just going to start up a truck that's been sitting there for 20 years. That's not how these things work. Well, I mean, even if the gas, even if, if gas was still like, like somehow they have the perfect gas tank and whatever they did, like help regenerate the gas and not Ah. let the gas evaporate. Like, let's say the gas is usable. The car itself will probably not be usable because when a car sits for too long, it goes bad. A, a car the, needs to be oh, emotions. Th- there's no oil. Like yeah. oil has not cycled through. Like the oil is probably still there, all collected in the oil pan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it has not cycled through that engine in two decades. So, so the, all of the, the, like the, the cylinder walls, the pistons in the cylinders, they're probably frozen in place. Mm-hmm. And realistically, if you try to start that thing without 
running lubrication through it first, you you're going to destroy it, you know? So like, I don't know, like, I know, I know it's a nerdy thing to get hung up on, but every time, and this is, this happens in, it happens a million times in the walking dead <laughs> happens in fear. The walking dead yeah. happens in, in, in the last of us. And every time it happens, it's, it's like, I almost, it, I almost just can't get past it anymore. I'm going to tell you right now. I wasn't aware. I know about gas, Cause I mean, I have like my mother-in-law has a has a, a snowblower, yeah. And I or I even had like someone gave me a, a lawnmower, and mm-hmm. I had let it sit there, and the gas disappeared. And yeah. I'm like, I know there was gas in this motherfucker. Yeah. And, well, it, and and and, and like, so like it just evaporates. It never dawned on me that oh yeah, in these shows, these vehicles they have gas. And now that you've no. told me. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to not but, know this anymore. And I'm even watch if, every apocalyptic movie right. and be like, so, <laughs> so if the gas tank, if you've got a little bit of gas in the gas mm-hmm. tank, it's going to evaporate because yeah. it's got place to evaporate to inside the tank. Right. But if you've got a full gas tank, some of it's going to evaporate off eventually over time. But it's mm-hmm. not that big a deal. What what is a big deal is gasoline isn't just like a raw liquid. It's a combination of multiple different things, and over time that separates. Okay, and so so like it separates into its its original. Like you'll you'll get like the the oil will settle down to the bottom and the alcohols will rise to the top, Mm. you know? And so now it's not one unified solution anymore. It's a tank full of gunk. (laughs) It's a tank full of gunk that no longer burns. Okay. And if you try to cycle that through your, your fuel system, like if you try to push that gunk through your carburetor or your fuel injectors, you're just going to get it all clogged up. And oh. the car is not going to run until you take it all apart and clean it, you know? So yeah. I'm getting really technical here, but the point is it drives, it drives me fucking crazy. It drives me fucking crazy because it's like, I can't suspend my disbelief for that anymore. <laughs> so, I, have, I have spent too much time with vintage cars and vintage motorcycles and lawn mowers and snow blowers and leaf blowers, like, like, fucking around with clogged carburetor jets because of bad fucking gas. Like, no, I will not accept that in my post-apocalyptic horror television anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So why not? uh, Uh, Otra vez over here believes in kaijus and shit and believes in a man holding two families. I, I don't have a problem with, with kaijus. I have a problem with a man who's trying to like live a life with two families in two highly, highly just, expensive I areas. Just, I just listened to that episode, gentlemen, and that was the part that I was like, really? Really? The guy the guy living two lives in expensive areas, that's the part that you can't get past. I can't. That. Yeah. You can't you can't get past. Cuz I know what I'm it's right like there to- with you. I can't get past cuz I know like I know what it's like to pay for raising a family in 
fucking Chicago, yeah. much less Tokyo and San Francisco. <laughs> so, like, I don't disagree with you. Like, this yeah. this is difficult to believe. I mean, yeah. Monarch must have been paying this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He must have been taking care. At the same time, it's like, yeah, but Godzilla, that's perfectly fine. Godzilla is yeah. more believable than raising than, than trying to feed two families. That's mm. just that's more way that's way more plausible <laughs> than having the income to, to, right. to, to so raise yeah. two families. Here's so a great a question. Well, what that guy before? was a prepper himself. Oh, that guy was a prepper himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. See, here, here's the question. Here's a great question to end the episode on. Okay. How do you prep for Godzilla? You don't. Oh. You just run. <laughs> no, you got to have a bug out bag. A bug. That's it. You got to have a and bug out it. bag and uh, in the man, opposite direction. And yeah, some good running shoes. Shoes. You need shoes. You need good bug shoes. Out bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably some kind of like uh rain and wet gear because this guy's going to destroy all kinds of stuff and there's probably going to be water and junk and fire everywhere so you're going to well, need the one thing you you also need is a you have to need a radioactive suit probably because oh. he's probably giving in your, off in your bug out bag yeah. yeah yeah you have to you have to he's mm-hmm. radioactive regardless you can get one of those at harbor freight yeah that's true <laughs> wow are you serious <laughs> No, I don't know, dude, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, I'll tell you really? what. I'll tell you it's what. Just, there there, there are things. That's all it is. Yeah, there insane. are things that I will buy at Harbor Freight that I will trust. A radiation suit wouldn't be one of them. Like, <laughs> like, this, is, this is supposed to keep me alive from deadly radiation. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm I don't think I'm trusting my life to harbor freight no oh man <laughs> so, hold on, hold on. so so then radioactive suit some kind of wet wear hopefully the yeah. the, the suit is both water repellent water repellent and fire repellent yep. so uh um, yeah yeah and uh some good running shoes maybe some Probably. maybe some snacks condoms. i would say you would need some sort of a weapon well, I mean, I don't know because you're, you're really just going to be running. Right. But in a couple of movies of Godzilla, Godzilla carries parasites. That's, oh, that's true. Are you serious? Yeah. You think those parasites are not going to mun- try to munch on you? Oh, uh, dude. So then, okay. So then you would need a weapon. That's something with like a, some sort of a knife weapon, a cleaver, machete, something. Um, I was going to say like a, like a machete. Cleaver. Machete. Yeah, machete. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the machete in terms of, of like your bug out bag or like your mm-hmm. survival, yeah. my survival weapon of choice. It's just, yeah. it's versatile. Like you can use it like an ax. You can, you can cut your food with it. If you need to, mm-hmm. you can use it like a sword, you know, like it, it's very versatile. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna you say the same. Some twigs. There it is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There's there's some like hybrid machete axes out there. There they have like machete pieces. Yeah. Or, and then they have like a like an axe piece, and then there's like yeah. curvatures inside that allow you to do other things like strip wood and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like. There's some pretty versatile tools out there that already make a weapon like that or a tool like that even more versatile. But yeah, definitely you're going to need some kind of machete type weapon 
to get through mm-hmm. the to defend yourself from the crowd, defend yourself from weird things like parasites, and maybe chop down some doors in case you need to like you know for sure yeah. take take coverage. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I think that would that would be what you would need in that scenario. Yeah, and like an axe. Look, that's a little bit big. It's cumbersome, you know. Um, a pocket knife that's a little bit small for certain, you know, like you're not going to be able to chop wood with that. Mm-hmm. But a machete, like you can, you can get a little holster, put it on your thigh. It's not too big. It's not going to get in the way. You can do a lot with it. That's a good. That is a good prepper standard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you know that was a good question. A little axe, maybe two feet long. I would say one yeah. foot long axe, enough for you to swing at what you need to swing. Assuming Godzilla's attacking. Well, I'm well, just saying overall. Uh, well, I, I mean, think. I mean, if, I if you, I don't think I'm never, I'm never taking a swing at Godzilla. Like that's just not. <laughs> no, 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 that's not going to happen. No, no. Godzilla, I mean, besides, you cut him, he's just going to reheal himself. That's all it is. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got crazy fucking healing powers now. Fucking Godzilla. He's always had him. <laughs> I didn't know that shit. I must I be. I swear to God, I must be the only guy on the face of the earth who did not particularly like Godzilla minus one. Wow. Like, That's right. You didn't like it. I, I loved I'm the, it. I'm the only guy on earth. And like, I have not yet made it through all the monarch. I'll be honest. Uh, uh, not because I don't like it because I think it was episode three. Like I kept falling asleep while I was trying to watch it. There was too much talking and, in that episode. And eventually mm. I just kind of gave up as like, cause I'm, cause I'm falling asleep. I'm not going to get this. Like, I'm going to have to watch it. And then I just never went back to it, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but like, I, I like it. I just haven't gone back to it, but I didn't hate Godzilla minus one. I just felt like it's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't this perfect film that everybody's making it out to be, but I'm, wholeheartedly happy to admit that I'm wrong because I'm the only person who thinks that on earth, literally. I, I thought it was a fantastic movie and the uh, underlying theme for it, like really freaking, it really got me, man. Cause at the end of that movie, man, I was just like, Woo! you know, I was just sitting there <laughs> bawling like I always do, but, but dude, man, that movie, that movie's so deep. And so is Monarch, like fucking Fredo. I mean, you listened to the episode, Fredo broke it down for us. He blew me away. I'm like, God damn it. Why are they making these fucking kaiju movies and, and TV shows so deep? You know? Yeah, you guys you guys dug into it the way that, that you and me dug into uh, uh, Last Dragon. Last Dragon. The Last yeah. Dragon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Which, yeah, dude. Uh, that's that's I think that's our secret talent for this show is is breaking shit apart like that. Find, finding meaning we, we, and depth where we, there may not there you be. Go. <laughs> find, the, find the hidden meaning of the movie. You know? yeah. 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 Inventing meaning where none was ever intended. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that was 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 intended with the, the last dragon. I, you're probably right. I mean, so much of it seems obvious, especially now since they they did it like in the movie theater. You guys remember when we did the the episode from from studios north up here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that night I went to see it in the movie theater and like seeing it on the big screen, it was like, oh my god, all of this is so much more obvious now. Wow. You know, 
I haven't seen it since we had that discussion. I need to I watch it. Like, I saw it like three weeks ago. Oh yeah, oh, dude. No, yeah. like people, people need to see that now. People need to rewatch that movie now and and mm-hmm. understand the brilliance of 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 Barry fucking Gordy. Yeah, you know, yep. uh, uh, understanding the brilliance of his vision there on mm-hmm. the. The meaning the, of kiss my converse. Oh, yeah, right. But but <laughs> what just does that like, really mean? <laughs> like the kind of subversive stuff that was in there that like apparently the whole world missed. But like, dude, yeah. you Edgar, and I hope people go back to listen to that episode. Your analysis of it was spot on. And again, <laughs> like after seeing it and on the big screen, it's like this was clearly intentional. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, like, that one tear that, coming that, down. Edgar was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like uh, I, I really do feel like, especially with all the uh, identity politics that we have going on in the day, uh, that that movie was ahead of its time, man. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. Way ahead mm-hmm. of its time. And yeah, as, as just like culture as a whole missed it. Yeah, they missed it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, dudes, let's wrap it up, man. Um, so uh, thanks so much for talking with us today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I am Edgar Traves with my co-host, Cousin Primo, and not my cousin Dan. We will catch you next time. Later, brothers. Dobranoc, cabrones. The music you're listening to is titled Meant to Be by LED Monster. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I totally dig epidemic sound you get a license to royalty free music with a super affordable monthly payment you get access to royalty free music that you can use for your content so make sure you check them out they have a great catalog of music and when you do make sure you use that referral link in the description another partner that i want to bring to light is titan fitness titan fitness offers equipment for you to get in shape at a price that you can afford it's great equipment so if you're looking for equipment make sure you check out titan fitness and when you do make sure you use my referral link in the description yeah so we dove in deep into the topic of prepping i think we highlighted a few things that we are for sure we know that if you want to be prepared i think some things that make sense some things like a bug out bag maybe a few weeks of food and other things like that that you might already be doing without knowing or things you can gather in a pretty inexpensive way and without spending too much time. But I think Not My Cousin Dan makes a good point. Do you really want to live in a post-apocalyptic world? How long can you live like that? And there's so many things that we rely on that you think you might have access to and that you probably won't after a while. So anyway, I had fun in the discussion. I hope you had fun listening. And if you're interested in finding out more about the Flow Road Podcast, make sure you check out our website, theflowroadpodcast.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves, or you can follow the show under the name The Flow Roll. And make sure you follow my co-hosts, not my cousin Dan, under the name Fantastic Sizzler. And you can also follow Cousin Primo under the name The underscore real underscore Cousin Primo. And if you dug what you were listening to, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. Press all the buttons that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Zero Otra Vez. We'll catch you next time. Give yourselves. Laters. Laters.